The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Pretty soggy uh, pre-market. Dow is coming off the worst day since July. Uh, Target, TJX, moving the retail earnings ball along, and the 10-year still elevated at 4.22. Cisco tonight. Our robot begins with Target, up sharply as an earnings beat offsets this uh, sales miss and the lowered guidance. Regional banks looking to rebound a day after Minneapolis Fed President Kashkari's comments on capital recruitment. Requirements and concerns about the China slowdown weighing on that country's stocks, including JD.com, which did have some pretty strong results. Let's begin, though, with Target. Uh, mixed results, lowered guidance, Jim, negative comps, inventory, down 17. That, but there's, some, there's something for everybody in yeah, this. Yeah, there is. And, uh, when you speak to Brian Cornell, it's one thing. He's, he's obviously disappointed in same-store sales because we were looking for a, a minus 3.7. He came in minus 5.4. He does not like to miss that number. I will tell you this. When you see inventories down, that means there's no promotion coming up. So that means things will be okay. The forecast wasn't exactly what I wanted. But one of the things that, that Brian did is he's just getting these incredible gross margins. He knows what he knows what people want. They just don't want the big stuff. And, and he's remember, he's built this gigantic $30 billion uh, private label business, which I just love. And we always go back and forth because uh, I shop there with my daughter, and I always you know, comment on him and what it's like. And one thing, they've got the best clothing, but that's not where you're going to crush it with same store. So... Uh, and food was okay. Ulta was very good. CVS was very good. The Starbucks and Starbucks pickup on the curbside while you get your goods, very good. Uh, overall, I think this stock was down so much that it looked up to people. Uh, you know what's getting a lot of the buzz this morning off the call is this: these metrics on theft-related, okay. uh, violent-related theft. Right, okay, 120% so, in the first five months of yeah, the Yeah, so let's get it. Since 2019, the overall shortage shrinkage at retail Target has increased by nearly 100%, which is really staggering. A lot of it, uh, Brian will say, is organized crime. Uh, it, the retail crime rings have increased by approximately 50%, but it is the violent that is so disturbing. Now, just so people in here, they feel, they hear shrinkage, they're trying to wonder, wonder where it comes from. The The... The, the crimes are gift cards and refund fraud extensively. That's where you see a lot of what's going on. Uh, the stores have a 120% increase in, in theft incidents involving yep, violence. Yep. Now, Brian has been leading the federal cause to try to get it so that somehow uh, he doesn't have to become, his cashiers don't have to become policemen because he won't let them. Right. Uh, he cares more about the health and safety. When you speak to him, it comes up first. Uh, even before you talked about uh, pilferage. And what can I say? I think he's doing an incredible job in a situation where unless you're a total Ollie's aficionado or we'll get to TJX, which I happen to love, Arsenic next door. I have a guy who actually says, Jim, I know what, you, you I know a, what you're looking for. You have for. a personal shopper. I have a personal shopper at TJX. That's good. He knows that I'm a 31 waist now. He says, <laughs> I've got the best jeans. Waist. And we got this stretch jeans that he knows I love. 
I mean, like I go there. They're fourteen dollars. I've seen them at one hundred and forty dollars at full price alphas. So uh, I was talking to my my colleague Jeff Marks this morning from my uh, the club. He's never been to TGS, which I find frightening. It's right next door. So he and David should get together. Maybe no, well, go. David doesn't know what a TJX <laughs> is. Well, what's so great he is it's an airport code. True. <laughs> when, yeah, I know. It's like San Antonio. Um, when you go, there's a snake at the, at the register. I swear, half the things you buy will be at the snake. And always with <laughs> yeah, a smile. That's where they get you. By the way, underwear, if you go to Macy's, you're crazy. Um, as for the price action on Target, Jim, it did pop 12% on the heels of the results. J.P. Morgan, Chris Horvers this morning says expect early squeeze and then fade as the 24 estimates still way too high. I like that, and I'll tell you why. Because in the end, what matters is the forecast. It was lowered to $7 to $8, down from 7.7 to 8.75. And believe me, Cornell knows that. Uh, I think not that he wouldn't expect a jump because of the yield, but I think that it can't be that high because of the forecast. Now, one thing I didn't talk about with him that I think we really have to think about is Amazon doesn't break out Prime, but they had 375 million packages they delivered on Prime. So let me just say, you know, that's those are all people. Those are things. Well, you know what? That comes right out of, I think, Target's hide. And also Amazon, if you go back to the quarter, they're now talking about these eight different regional areas, hubs, where they keep they keep things that are often asked for. I bought Contact Lens Solution yesterday, the one that they recommend. I order it in the morning. I get home. There it is. Yeah. That's faster than I can get it at CVS because at CVS, I have to wait for someone with the key. Uh, Goldman with a great note on e-com this morning, basically saying we've moved past any kind of pull forward or weirdo bullwhip from COVID. We're now settling into a new period where the migration of dollars to e-com is it's sustainable. What I thought was incredible is you, you get these weird ramifications. I had Alan Shaw last night. Now, he's the CEO of Norfolk Southern, and I know they had the East Palestine disaster. But they make three to four times on a package of, for e-com as they would for anything else. Speed. Amazon, by the way, so anxious to lower its footprint, sends a gigantic amount by train because they have 400 miles, per, uh, 400 miles per gallon. But I just think that you're absolutely right. that we have, It has become the norm. And everybody has to get used to it. And I think if you went side by side, Brian Oslovsky was here as a CFO, uh, and asked, you asked him how did they do versus Target, I think he'd say crushed it. Uh, Not unlike the way Messi destroyed us last night in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, Target Digital down 10.5 uh, is not a number that, that you'd no, like to see. And, and it's funny because, you know, Brian was actually pr- proud of digital, but I think he's proud of the fact that it's still working. They still have digital after, uh, I know, not good. Look, Amazon was it was an amazing quarter, and how quickly we forget how great it was, but they don't. And this whole idea of having these SKUs, the, the, the units, so close to you has changed everything. Uh, now, yes, if you order something that's strange, like I ordered a weird talcum powder, well, that may, you know, who knows when that one's right. going to come. But I ordered some T-shirts this morning. Uh, a comfy fit, it's called. I bet you when I get home tomorrow, there'll be eight. Well, today, there'll be eight of them. Uh, the nice thing is that you can you can see uh, when it will show, and you can make a purchase decision based uh, on that. Not only that, Alexa, in the middle, I'm listening to uh, Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin. In the middle, she interrupts me. She says, you know what, your solution's there. I'm not worried about getting in the middle of Gershwin. Doesn't matter. Um, as, as for Target, they do are still wrestling with this uh, cultural discussion about pride merchandise. They did say that the assortment and the reaction to it was a signal for us to pause, adapt, and learn. This is a short bit from the conference call. 
Pride is one of many heritage moments that are important to our guests and our team. And we'll continue to support these moments in the future as we navigate an ever-changing operating and social environment. We're committed to staying close to our guests and their expectations of target. Specific to Pride and Heritage Month, we're focused on building assortments that are celebratory and joyous with wide-ranging relevance. Being mindful of timing, placement and presentation, leaning into segmentation, and leveraging our digital experience, and reconsidering the mix of own brands, national brands, and external partners within these assortments. Well, look, I'm not a political guy. I I asked him point blank whether it hurt the quarter, and he said no. He said it wasn't part of the same store sales weakness. Uh, And he's a straight shooter. I'm there on that. If he says it didn't hurt, then it didn't hurt. Uh, You know what? I... I was struck by when I spoke to Cornell how much I mean, I thought I was afraid he was going to retire. He has really identified what people want in America. They want inexpensive, great style. They want inexpensive food. He's keeping, by the way, the mission store open in San Francisco, a very dangerous area. He will not close it because the neighborhood needs it. I'm saying he's a person of quality. And I bet you he sacrifices some of his same store sales for just doing the right thing. I, I know in a capitalist system, we don't tend to believe that. I think Cornell's different. Uh, I think he's a very uh, sensitive CEO. And I I like that. You just don't get a lot of people who are very thoughtful. I spoke to him during Pride period because we happened to go there for some uh, Pride issues. And one of the things that I think is incredible is he got hurt from both sides. Remember, there were people who didn't like the Pride stuff up front. That's that's the 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 problem. Right. And, and, you know, it was a pox in both their houses. You could look at it like that. Or you can just say he's extremely sensitive to everybody. But what he's really sensitive to is the people at the register. And when the people at the register got blowback from the stuff being up front, he had to change because he cares passionately that no one, not one registered person be hurt. I saw tremendous stealing at the mission store. There was a breakout, a jailbreak. Someone dropped some money at a register, asked for help at the register, and then about 20 people left, ran out with food, cranberry juice. I did apologize that I paid. Not funny. And I called him on it. He just said, look, what are we going to do? That store, we're committed to having it open. Wow. And it is organized crime in a lot of cases. Yep. And it's, it's people who, uh, by the way, Home Depot, I thought, had better numbers on organized crime. They're doing a lot more. TJX has the best uh, antidote to organized crime. They have tons of undercover people, <laughs> a lot of them undercover uh, former police officers. $50 an hour for those who's listening. And I have a personal shopper at TJX who happens to be. Uh, yeah, I, 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 believe me, I heard the 31 waistline. I mean, that's, uh, I have a piece. And look, you know, I've got some in. I, he, 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 I'm not kidding. You can get a personal shopper. Even he's the guy who's trying to block uh, theft. That's how good TJX is. People just underrate TJX because they, they kind of don't want to be caught dead there. Fools. <laughs> how do you think I made? How do you think I got to where I am? Uh, 85 cents on TJX beats by seven cents revenue ahead. They do raise the full year guide, Jim. Uh, 356, 362. I don't know how much you go to home store. I go there for all my Thanksgiving stuff. But the home store number I thought was going to be terrible. All right. And that was the word because it was negative comps last time. Home goods this time positive plus four. Now, one of the things that's great about home goods is let's say it's Thanksgiving. You're three weeks before already gone. You have to go at Halloween time for Thanksgiving. That's demand. That's great stuff. Uh, all this, all the retail news is sort of tying into what we got out of retail sales yesterday, Jim, in the broad market. Uh, Atlanta Fed, as you know, tracking five for Q3. Goldman ups their estimate by seven tenths, saying that there might have been some pull from Amazon Prime Day, but 
No, this is accelerating. We need uh, we need a rate hike. Uh, I think that people who are freaked out that, that the 10-year is moving up. Look, the 10-year is going to, we're going to inflect the other way because our economy is very strong. Look, when you put up in housing, our housing numbers this morning, well, we're building like 1.4 million. Over and over again, Doug Yearly has stressed that without 2 million buy, 2 million build, you're not going to get where we want if you're worried about housing uh, you know, prices cresting. So forget it. These housing numbers, some may think they're strong. It's ridiculous. I saw a lot of people said that their permits are strong. Are you crazy? We were building 2 million houses in this country. We had half the number of people. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, there is some, uh, there is some take, there's a take out of B of A this morning that, for example, the Southeast might be at risk of oversupply now in multifamily because that is where the construction is happening. Uh, I'm not a buyer of that. Uh, that's Norfolk Southern's region, and Norfolk Southern would say that everything is booming. They have population explosion, but they also have a lot of, a lot of housing. By the way, at we the, the Southeast is going to be the single biggest beneficiary of the, from what I can tell so far, maybe, maybe uh, Arizona, some of the numbers coming from the federal government of infrastructure. It's just going to boom. The road, the, by the way, they have no, do you know that Florida has no stone? So Vulcan Materials, uh, Martin Marietta Materials, they just are on fire down there. Just when, and it's all for, for home building. Uh, I, if you go to that area, I think you'd say that, we're, that we need rate tights, rate, rate, rate hikes a couple of times. And, and is that why equity is getting suppressed here? I think uh, so. I, I, there's still people who believed, who are caught on the wrong side of this and thought that you should be uh, short the, the you know, or they were in the 30-year, and they've just been completely wrong uh, because the economy is very, very strong. Right. Very uh, strong. Does the S&P necessarily need to defend the 50-day here as we lo- close below yesterday, first time since March? Uh, I, I want to cancel patience. Now, this is uh, cribbing right from Larry Williams, the great market historian. Uh, August is historically not that great a month. But, by the way, uh, Bob Sani had an absolutely terrific piece this morning on Frank's show, uh, Frank Holland, where he talked about, remember, August, September, October, not great. But I just think that, we're, that we can hit pause here. Uh, Norfolk Southern down for, you know, 10 straight days. I mean, that's just, it's just not a great market right here. Uh, and a lot of people worried about the strike, the Ford GM yes. Stellantis strike. I assume you, you heard the UAW's president line about, basically, we're not going to take. Yeah, I mean... And now, now we have some dates on authorization votes. Yeah, having been a union member uh, who helped lead a wildcat strike, well, of course, which I was immediately fired, uh, I would stress that, I mean, it was different here. I would stress that there used to be, we forget, in the 70s there were these union moves where we really went hard and we boycotted J.P. Stevens and the result was we put J.P. Stevens out of business. This guy is like when I was, uh, in, a, was in my union. Where it was united, the people never be defeated. And there was a Trotsky-like element that we believe that the people, the, the people should own the yes. companies. This guy has got that Trotsky-like feel. Yeah. You know, Ed Yardeni looked at what happened in the 70s because union membership was so high. Yes. All these colas would react to, say, energy, but that's not the case today no. if you look at union membership. Look, I got to tell you that this guy is a throwback to the days when you were trying to figure out how much money you had in your strike fund to see whether you could outlast the companies. I know Jim Farley's beside himself, uh, uh, CEO of Ford. Uh, I don't think people are ready for this. Uh, this is not, well, the writer strike is pretty pretty strong, but I, I think this man doesn't care whether uh, 
They shut down the autos for months. It's going to be a death match, claymation death match between Sean Fain I mean, and the, the unions. Now, Mary Barr is one, one tough person. But if you go and look over her conference call, she dismisses the union entirely as being an issue. Farley doesn't feel that way. And Stellantis, obviously, when they, with Stellantis, when they, they ripped up Stellantis, when Fain ripped up yes, Stellantis' yes. offer, that felt very much like the way that the UAW used to be, which is that we're going to target somebody and we're going to wipe them out if we have to. They want, they want to find, they want the unions, they want, unions want to get rid of the 401k and IRA. Right, right. Yep, well, we're less than a month away from that contract expiration. That is the most important issue. Yeah. A lot of people feel that Biden's going to get directly involved. What, what do they know? I mean, if there's anything we know about this administration is that we don't know. What, that Biden's going to get involved and try to solve it? I want to hear Phil LeBeau. If Phil LeBeau says that, then it's different. Yeah. Industrial production will Of course, Teamsters said stay out, so we'll see what maybe Did, they're not well. Everyone thought that yeah. when that UPS deal was, was signed, it was going to be incredibly good news. Well, I got to tell you, if it's incredibly good news, then what the heck is UPS doing at 172 at 3.7%? Uh, industrial production's out. Let's get uh, to Rick Santelli. Busy morning for data. Hey, Rick. Yes, Carl, and it's not only out, it's out and up, up, and away. 1% is our read on July industrial production. That is the second best read of the year outside of January, when it was only a whisker better at up 1.05%. So with rounding, basically we're right there. And on utilization rates, well, a bit of a different story. Yes, it's better than expected at 793 but it's only the best going back a couple of months when it was 79.4 in May. Uh, this has been on the light side. As a matter of fact, in the rearview mirror, we have 78.9. It now becomes 78.6. And that actually is the lowest read going all the way back to September of 21. So, yes, even though we bounced just a bit on utilization rates, uh, a very small bounce at that. You see, though, that the Production numbers being strong, keeps rates to the upside. They've actually ticked a little bit higher at 422. We're basically just up a basis point or two on the day, but you want to pay very close attention to whether we close above or below four and a quarter percent. That's a huge technical factor. Squawk on the street will return after a short break. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. I usually don't go into this group because it's been very boring, but the pipeline group is heated up. Now, not that long ago, we had One Oak buying Magellan Midstream. That's a natural gas company buying a pipe for oil, okay? Today, we have a really huge deal. Energy Transfer Partners is spending $7 billion, but uh, buying a, a very, very good company. Uh, and this time it's Crestwood. Crestwood has... 
uh, good assets in the middle of the country, but it also has Powder River Basin, which is Wyoming, and it has Marcus Hook, which is, happens to be the, the uh, end of pipe is right next to the uh, stadium at the lake, where we'll all be soon, and should be good. Now, <laughs> one of the things that I, I really like about this is that this is what individual investors have been in for a long time, because they're tax advantage, these pipelines, and this is a very tax advantage deal. Uh, with interest rates high, it, you tend not to want to own this group, but I know many, many people in energy transfer. This is Kelsey Warren. This thing looked like at one point that they had taken down so much debt uh, that it would be just a disaster. Didn't happen. This group, and you can look at it, they're usually expressed in Kane Anderson, has an MLP uh, ETF that has been terrible but is now coming back. I urge people to think about this group as being a place to go if you want uh, tax-free income. Uh, you get a return of capital when you sell it, too. I, I, the pipelines used to be one of the hottest groups in the world. And then, of course, Carl, people decided we're not buying, building any more pipelines in this country. Right. And that's, I think, slight. But if uh, you had a change in, uh, from a Republican administration to a de- uh, uh, to a Republican from Democrat, look out. Because this is a Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, which can be stacked with Republicans. And this thing would go sky high. Yeah. Uh, pretty active uh, energy space today. Oxy with this carbon capture deal. Yes, Chevron. Um, nice numbers. Pioneer upgrade. Pioneer is a charitable trust name. And that's a company that, by the way, has done what you're supposed to do, which is spend less and dr- and find more oil. It's no longer drill, baby, bill. Real, it's the opposite. It's no drill, baby, drill. What it is is drill and make money for shareholders. Had I had uh, Cotero on yesterday. Scott Sheffield, who is uh, departing, is, he's now departed CEO, but was on the call for Pioneer. Holy cow, do they have discipline. That group is strong. Yeah. I want people to take a hard look at Pioneer PXD. Yeah, JP Morgan overweight today. Nice Opening piece. bell coming up in a few moments. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street Opening Bell podcast. Don't go away. The market doesn't joke around. So why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. China stocks under some pressure amid worries surrounding the world's second largest economy. JD.com among the biggest decliners. A quarterly beat for the e-commerce giant. Uh, Tencent, Jim, uh, three quarters now of revenue growth, but it's a miss. You you had some thoughts on China on Twitter this morning. Yeah, look, I I want people to understand. I've been negative on China and the Chinese economy for a long time. Uh, Chinese currency now an issue. Uh, they just, uh, they haven't been able to find a stimulation, and they've got now these trusts that are very big, that are, are a lot of them are not able to pay, pay out the distributions. Uh, the question is, is it is a totalitarian government, so what can they do? Uh, they seem to avoid, they could be Keynesian, they could actually print money, but the, the communists have discipline, they won't go Keynes. So I find myself thinking they're doing all these little things that people call it a big rate cut. I mean, come on. But they're going to have to, ultimately, I think they're going to have to pull back from the Belt and Road Initiative, stop spending all this money overseas, bring it back, and start rescuing some of these institutions. If not, I, I think what they really need is a resolution trust. Not unlike what we had in our country when we decided to put to the bed a lot of savings and loans that were reckless. So if they do a resolution trust in RTC, then I, I think that you can start saying it looks okay here. 
But otherwise, I don't want to trust anything there. I just don't trust it. Uh, the yield gap between U.S. China, now the widest in about 16 know, years. People looking at that, looking at the yuan. Uh, they're, they're, the exact, they're the polar opposite of our economy. We can't stop our economy. It is not a runaway train, but it's certainly not going to be a soft landing or a hard landing. But China, they, they crashed years ago. If you remember, in 2015, you were here, I was here, the market opened down 1,000. It was because of an errant comment by a very good Fed official, don't need to mention his name now, uh, who just said, listen, we need to tighten. And you couldn't tighten because China's falling apart. Well, here it is again. This is a continuing theme. China's falling apart. I mean, how long are we going to play that? And yet, in the same breath, people tell us how powerful they are. They're not powerful. We have also starved them. The, the Trump tariffs hurt them. Uh, more importantly, we've really shut them down in terms of our uh, high-end technology. Right, right. Will they lash out or will they go the Kissinger way? Kissinger, who's 100, met with C. Yes. There's a tremendous fondness for Kissinger over there, and he's as clear as a bell. They need to go Kissinger. They need to sit down with Kissinger to try to figure out a way to get with Biden. I think their only way right now to get growth is from, yes, Henry Kissinger. That sounds net constructive, I would say. Because yes. Kissinger has a plan for them, and they adore Kissinger. Why not? Kissinger figured out how to open their economy. Uh, it bothers me tremendously that we just don't sit down with Kissinger in our country and say, you just met with Xi. Where's the commonality? Because I know that you don't want a war. There's one Graham Allison. Now, Graham Allison taught at Harvard at the same time that Kissinger did. I had the good fortune of being there when they were teaching. Uh, these guys, I, I can't, I mean, and uh, Professor, Professor Moynihan who became a senator. And they were my professors, and all I can say is they were so much smarter than I am. It was like, at one point I went to Kissinger and said, I, like, I can't really keep up with your mind. And he basically what, said, he no kidding. office hours? <laughs> well, you try to go to the office hours, like Graham Allison. You go to the office. These guys were, I mean, they were titans. They are titans. Graham Allison's book about war, coming war with China, is certainly at odds with what Kissinger wants. Kissinger is the hope. And they are dismissing, our country's dismissing it. She treated it like it was just like old home week. They've got to get Kissinger to be able to bridge the two countries. He can do it. We'll see. I mean, definitely you've got, you got Blinken, Yellen, Ramondo on the list of people they're who second, were... They're, they're small potatoes versus Kissinger. Interesting. Uh, there was a note out of Goldman that uh, hedge funds have been selling China names eight out of ten sessions on the prime book. Well, so. they have to. I mean, I think that China, uh, China's pathetic right now. You have crony institutions that need to be taken over by the government and refinanced. Uh, now, remember, the government's took that. They can do whatever they want. I mean, one of the reasons why every time we're worried about them, like in 2015, in 2015, they just said, okay, look, we're, I, I don't know if anyone remember, but the Chinese are chartists, the government. They follow charts. I'm not kidding. No one thinks it's true, but I do, I've done a lot of work on this. And they decided to draw a line in the sand in 2015 and said, we're done. You're done selling. Uh, and if you do sell, there could be implications. Now, implications in China, they... They do have a, white, a lot of white-collar, um, let's say, capital punishment. It's, so if they say, listen, everyone's done selling and no one's going to redeem, you're not redeeming. Right. So there is a solution, but it's not the kind of solution we do here. Right. Uh, your other point this morning, last thing on China here, is that if, they, if we were really going to catch a cold from them, our tenure would be at, you said, three and three yeah, quarters or something. On. I mean, we'd have a, a big flight to quality. I mean, a lot of people are saying the currency is going to cause a, uh, a, a, an Asian sell-off, not unlike 1997. That, look, the currency is, is, is a mystery to me. I'm not going to say that. Uh, 
I, I, I'm an expert in that, but I do know that people seem to always forget that it is a communist country with many more levers than we have because there are no elections. Uh, speaking of uh, Asia, a journal with this piece on EL today, uh, earnings coming up on Friday. Uh, Freight is trying to overhaul the Asia supply line and uh, well, revitalize the brand gym. Another decline today, taking no, you back this to 2020. This is one I owned for years yep. for my chapel trust. Richard Freight, one of the great executives of all time, it turned us to learn the powerhouse. People are saying that, uh, but by the way, Fibridge is not saying that this quarter is any good when they report. Uh, his plan was, but they do have Chinese tourists going to Korea and then bringing back Estee Lauder products, that had been one of their, uh, it, that's actually a, a very important line for them. Uh, he made a big bet on duty-free. Right. He made Hi, a big bet on the opening of China. He was wrong. The idea that he may be in trouble, so to speak, with a stock down 34%, there's a tremendous love for what he's done for the company uh, from the Lauder family. Uh, the love, anybody's love can end. The, he has to put a good face on that call. Uh, and I don't think he can. I don't think he has the horses. Uh, the other name you might uh, pair next to China is Tesla, uh, down to 20% from since earnings on July 19th versus 5% decline for the NDX, Jim. Well, More you, price declines on yeah, the X and the S. When you try to stop the, must, the Mustang E and blunt the Chinese competitors because you've got a low, very good low cost, uh, you're going to crush your margins. He's basically said, listen, uh, not unlike the great Rockefeller, who said, look, I will sell oil below everyone. And when I'm done, I'll have 100 percent of the market. Now, Theodore Roosevelt was not in favor of that. But I have to tell you, it's almost like Musk has read the Rockefeller playbook. He, he can wipe out everybody. And at the time, that was considered to be antitrust in our country, uh, Clayton. And it, it looks like he's going to get away with it in this country. We, he's unstoppable right now. But that's going to hurt the stock. Right. Uh, I also wonder what you made of VinFast yesterday on a nice run at one point well, worth more than GM and Ford. Okay, so VinFast is one of those things, uh, doing a piece on it tonight. This is the largest, uh, the richest uh, family in Vietnam, producing uh, 3,000 vehicles in this car, but only about this country, but only about 150 have registered, which tells me that the sales ratio is not that good. I'm being somewhat facetious there. This thing is a disaster. It's the type of thing that if Gary Gensler's watching, he has to call and say, okay, we have to end this process. Because this is, this is one of those, it's blank check, merger. No one even knows how many shares there are. They're being redeemed right now. It's a complete fiasco. Anyone who's playing it, I've got to tell you, I got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere, okay? <laughs> One of Frank Lesser. I, I, I actually played Harry the Horse in The Great Guys and Dolls, but that's because Mrs. Duesenberry said I could not play Sky Masters. I think you would have been was, a great Nathan. Wouldn't I? I would have been great Nathan. But Passing out is not the whiskey. Worth, yes, VinFast is not worth anywhere near that. And those who are playing it don't understand that it could be another Getty. Uh, it's a shame that this stuff is allowed. We are America, after all. And that's not an American way to have a market. It makes people... Of Michael Semblis from J.P. Morgan did a fantastic piece talking about the incredible losses from SPACs. Uh, it's, Michael is spot on. It's wiped out a next generation of people, SPACs, uh, memes. And VinFast Auto is probably worth maybe $2.60. There is a $26.82. So go ahead and buy it. You'll lose money. I'm, there, I'm offering a guarantee. Very uh, rare in this business. Yeah, that's a, that's an aggressively bearish uh, target. Well, because it's just it's only one million shares is out there. I mean, it was obviously designed to be a short squeeze, uh, and they they did it. 
But, I mean, this company does. And I go to the website. They do have some good-looking cars. But I got to tell you something. Ho Chi Minh rolling over his grave on this one. Yeah. Um, Target, by the way, uh, settling back to a 4% gain. Of course, it was up 12 pre-market. Uh, as we mentioned, we talked about the quarter in the opening block. Look, um, if TJX is only up $2 and they did everything, every line item, then Target should uh, be flat. TJX was just incredible. I wish David were here right now. So, I mean, I think he would think that TJX was, I don't know, maybe a, uh, a defense company. Yes. <laughs> uh, rockets and rockets and missiles. Yeah, yes, Rocket 9 TJ, TJX. Incredible yeah. work out of TJX. Yeah. Um, the banks, Jim? You see, um, went to a TJX launch recently in Cape Canaveral. The banks, oh, Carl, the government doesn't want you in the banks. They've just decided that anybody who buys the banks is an idiot. And they, they're really pulling it off. It's, you know, I, I think that, boy, talk about another Titan. J.P. Morgan, the corner right here, where they had recently, like, the store selling, like, knickknacks, baseball shirts. They closed that thing in a heartbeat. But J.P. Morgan, uh, Fitch is nothing. J.P. Morgan is king. The idea, there's the strongest bank in the world. The strongest bank in the world. And the regulators are going nuts. Morgan Stanley, my trust owns it. I wish Gorman weren't leaving. Uh, Charlie Scharf doing such a good job at Wells Fargo. I know people who've been with him of late, and he's very buoyant, uh, but it doesn't matter. 3.2% yield, a lot of capital, buying back a lot of stock. But you, you just have this cloud over the group, and no one wants to go there. I'm not going to go there. Uh, yeah, S&P outperforming uh, KBW by 33%. Oh, my. I mean, it's just a disaster. I mean, you know, when you look at a, a yield, like if you look at the yield for key, it yields 7.7. And Key is a conservative bank, but they did not have a good quarter. It was not a good quarter, okay? Uh, a better quarter, I thought, was Huntington Bank shares, HBN. Now, HBN, now that is a 5.4% yield, and I would buy Huntington Bank. And then my favorite is First Horizon, which got that takeover bid that was next. It's a 12 bucks, 4.6% yield, still run by Brian Jordan, and is in Memphis, where there is still tremendous. His unit, he goes where the growth is, and it's almost like a... You can overlay the states that he's in with the fastest growing best uh, areas to do business. So I like First Horizon very much. Uh, Every day brings another bullish note for NVIDIA. Today, Barclays, we're surprised the stock has not moved much over the last month. There's clearly some hesitation to buy a name up 200% this year. We believe the stock will look cheap exiting earnings as the street moves to our $15 plus estimate next year. A lot of people feel that the Saudi orders, which are gigantic, are subterfuge, and it's really by uh, Chinese, which are, are, are teach at the university that's getting the, the chips, the, the cards. Look, the, you know, Jensen told me, Jensen Wong, that they can't, they'll be able to meet demand by year end, uh, but the demand is, is off the charts. So I understand how people can say that. I've liked NVIDIA since, I liked NVIDIA since 15, 16, so I'm, I'm a card carrying NVIDIA. Like, I did say that the traders get, get out of the way. This is an investment stock. It's an investment because there'll be moments where there'll be when you have a stock up 200 percent, whether someone's going to hit pause or say, I want to ring the register. But this has to do with with the fact that they own a category. He called it an iPhone moment. He called it a moment like when there was Wintel and the PC. Jensen is not given to hyperbole. He's saying these things because he sees that you can't do artificial intelligence without his cards. AMD does not have anything near it. Now, Cisco. 
reports tonight. Cisco is saying over and over again, look, we do have a lot of AI, but they are going up with with, uh, Mellanox, which is an acquisition that NVIDIA made that was tremendous. Now, speaking of acquisitions that didn't work, uh, Intel. I was going to get to, from NVIDIA to Intel, yes. There's a short line. Look, I, Pat, Pat, uh, his, Pat's, Pat's wife does great work in China, in Africa, and I have supported her efforts. Do you do you not believe this line about the regulatory hurdles? No, it is true. It's just that, and look, the stock's doing better, and he's got a lot of plans to do better. Mobileye turned out to be a good acquisition. Brian Krasanich never talked about because for whatever reason, but did, did great things there. And the semis are all going up. So Intel is actually riding a wave today. And uh, look, Pat is going to survive, but it is, it's NVIDIA up here. And then it's AMD here, and then Intel here. It's funny. We, you were out on Friday, but Wolf did have this. They had this technical note suggesting that maybe you would consider going long Intel, short Nvidia. As well, a trade. just send me a, send me an invitation to your funeral. funeral? Okay. All now right. that, by the way, that is from the legendary. That's Jim Fisk, and he was the single biggest patron of Delmonico's, which is reopening. Uh, interesting. Uh, sort of brings us to Kava because we're going to talk to them I love this morning, the Jim, and, and Jeffries does reiterate a buy today. I love Jeffries. Yep. They call it fiery second quarter beat. The comps were incredible. But what I think is most interesting about Kava, you got to break down and you got to go through the conference call. Kava, people don't realize, is universally loved. Now, this is Mediterranean food. My executive producer, Regina Gilgan, who is uh, the authority on vegetarianism, just says this is it. This is the one to be in. Uh, but they just opened in uh, Missouri. Uh, they're opening Missouri and Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Texas, Georgia, Colorado. Now, the great Peter Lynch once taught us, who's a, the Ram Magellan Fund, that if you can find a company that has a good regional business, it may go national. Kava is that business. This is a terrific story. A lot of people didn't believe it because the IPO came in a period that's rough. But uh, And by the way, you, uh, what, you have Ron Shake yep. on today? Yep. I love Ron. But uh, the Panera, previous Panera. But this Kava has, it is in sync with what the younger generation wants. Uh, A lot of it, you have a lot of vegetarians, and call me a believer. Uh, Interesting. You know, retail sales, restaurants and bars was up 1-4 on that print yesterday. Uh, All that said, Jim, about eating out, uh, there's still a lot of discussion about whether or not Walmart will raise their guide when they report uh, tomorrow. Geez, you've got the most conservative CEO in the world, Doug McMillan. I I like him so much. I wish he would talk more about what he's done for lots of countries around the world by buying their product instead of buying China. Of course, they'll say that they have a lot of American, but a lot of that's food. The private label's crushing it. The target private label's crushing it. Uh, Will Doug raise? He may just not raise for the sake of not raising, but... I think his number is going to be very, very good. Uh, you, look, you know who else has done that? I mean, Costco's, that's the other company that's doing really well in retail. Right, right. Uh, Costco up again today. Uh, I think Walmart's going to print a great number. And, and I think that Wall Street is biased against Walmart because they don't go there. At biased against TJX because they don't go there. And all I can say is they don't know what they are missing. You really? Guys, you think Walmart's the, undercovered, largest Employer they, and they don't re- go. They don't go. The, I will tell you that the school supply section of Walmart is lights out. It's lights out. And uh, 
and I know people say, well, what is Kramer talking about? Well, it is, this is back to school. Right. And they've got yeah, the right stuff. We're in the middle of it now. They've got the right stuff. And by the way, if you're an artiste, believe it or not, Walmart's fabulous. You know, my daughter's a baker. She gets a lot of ideas from them. Mm-hmm. She uses Firefly to change the colors on her Instagram. I think that Walmart is the great American story because they have side by side their private label, which is, believe me, the exact same. And it is so inexpensive. The only thing I have told Walmart over and over again, please get rid of the towers of really bad, like Debbie's, Oreos, because when you go buy them, you can't help it but take some. <laughs> and by the way, M&M's has these new cold, cold brood uh, centers. I don't know where they're going to keep them, but I'm sure that Walmart's going to have them. Right. Um, speaking of packaged, uh, KDP, uh, UBS ups to buy. Okay, I'm so glad you brought they that up. They go to 42. Now, okay, so Bob Gamgord, uh, who was sold Pinnacle Foods, is one of the great brand managers of all time. I've been waiting for this breakout by Gamgord, and it's here. The earnings inflection is here. Valuation, it sells at 17 times earnings. It used to sell at 20. Keurig is back, and it's bigger than ever. A lot of people feel that, that Nespresso is going to kill him. You're not going to crush Bob Gamgord. He is a brand man through and through. That's Bob. That stock's a buy. Yeah. Um, I like it. A lot him. of considerations in there, uh, whether it's uh, eat at home or away or currencies, uh, currency effects, right? Well, yeah. I mean, look, it's a hard company to understand where it fits. Uh, uh, they do. They, they, they bought this company where you can make your sodas at home. It really isn't that great. Uh, for instance, I still have ginger ale on my roof, on my ceiling. You know, I put it in and, and, and it didn't work, but it's, it's ginger ale. My, my, it's been 10 years, and I think my kitchen still smells of ginger ale. Um, last one we'll touch on, Jim, today is GE Healthcare. Uh, Wells overweight, About 90. Okay, so this thing is a straight shot down from 81 to 70. Trust owns it. We waited, we waited 10 points to pull it back. This is an Alzheimer's play. So what's going to happen with both the Biogen drug and the Lilly drug is that the American community, the and Medicare, is going to say, look, you have to have a plaque buildup. Uh, before we're going to give you the pill, because it give you the, the uh, medicine, because there's such demand for trying to stave off uh, dementia. And how are you going to do it? Well, you need an MRI. Who's going to give you the MRI? Now, that piece says it's not going to says it's not going to happen until 2025. That piece is wrong. It's 2024. Now, how do I know this? Because of my work as the chief spokesperson for the American yes, Brain Foundation, yes. which I don't do idly. I mean, you know, I was going to speak two hours about my, my problems with my brain, but they cut me short. That was it. George Carlin. Yeah, I, I, Carlin's the best. Was, By the way, he was amazing. Uh, speaking of healthcare, before we go, Lily, new high. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. You're talking 20% for the it, month to it, date. Because it'll be the greatest selling drug of all time. Now, stock is looking down here today. Remember, they have the they have the capacity to meet it. They're building plants in North Carolina furiously. Uh, at the same time, the stock is a little bit parabolic. Not unlike NVIDIA. See, I like NVIDIA. I like Lily. And what happens is traders get in them and say, wow, it's really hot. Where you been? Yeah. Where you been? Yeah, I'll look at that. Uh, amazing yeah, chart. Kind of upset. Uh, so with that, we got some gains uh, despite the soggy pre-market. Dow's up 178. Check bonds as well. Uh, data this morning, as we said, we did get that uh, number on uh, starts, industrial production. We'll get some Atlanta Fed inflation expectations. And then, of course, this afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, FOMC minutes. Don't go away. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Well, you may remember the uh, Supreme song where there was a line that said, Flo, she don't know, because the boy she loves is a Romeo. Well, it turns out that Flo does know. She's the actress who plays, uh, the actress in all of the progressive ads. Progressive had an incredible quarter. It's driving all the uh, insurers up. I still prefer Chubb. 
Uh, they are my insurer, but I've done a lot of work on the stock. But Progressive is moving up travelers. This group has been very hot. A lot of people feel that the capacities come out of it because of various storms. When you look at the actual num- headline numbers, Progressive, they don't look so good. But people love the insurers as the financials. It's the financial. People don't want fintech. Right. They don't want right. Square, Square. They don't want PayPal. They don't want the banks. So they've gravitated toward the insurers, which have had some pretty good numbers. If you want to, if you want to gravitate, gravitate to Chubb. But congratulations to Flo, who's, you know, an actual actress. Uh, do you know her name? Flo Courtney. I, I just looked Courtney? it up. Stephanie Courtney. Stephanie yes, Courtney, very yeah. Good. And uh, I'm looking forward to see, watching her, I guess, when I have my YouTube, right, when you have your NFL package on YouTube. Oh, yes. And yes, the dish course. is coming down. I, I'm promising my wife right now the dish comes down. Because it is the single most hideous thing on a 1798 house that I have. Uh, with we're a getting, dish. We are getting into football season, Jim. It's going to oh, be fun. It's going to change everything. Because yep, Sunday night. And by the way, Wild Card Weekend, yes, peak up. We'll see you, see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. When we come back, Kava rising on its first quarterly results since going public in June. We'll talk to the CEO in the next hour. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.